Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Carl Perkins, and today we are studying Masechet Ketubot, Tractate Ketubot, Daf Kaf Bet, page 22. On this page, uh, we again are introduced to a concept that we have seen on previous pages, namely the concept of Hapesh Asau Hu Hapesh Shehitir, that when someone brings testimony that implicates him or her, that could be to his or her detriment, and we believe that person, we must also believe the second part of his or her testimony that, in fact, releases him or her from a certain situation. So let's look at the Mishnah, and then we're going to study together an amusing story from the Talmud from, that, that appears on this page that elaborates... Um, this uh, principle. Uh, the Mishnah reads, Ha'isha she'amra eshet ish ha'yiti. If a woman says, uh, I was married, grushani, uh, but I then became divorced, ne'emenet, she is believed. That is to say, both her admission that she was married and her statement that she was in fact properly divorced. Why? She'hapesha sa'u hu ha'pesha hitir. However, ve'im yesh but if there are, in fact, witnesses that uh, she was married, and then she goes ahead and says, grushani, and she goes ahead and says, I'm divorced, even though she can't, for whatever reason, produce a get, the divorce document, She's, her, her testimony is not sufficient. Let's put it that way. Her testimony is not sufficient to... Um, for the court to rule that she is divorced and therefore able to marry another. Similarly, if a woman says, Amra nishbeti utuhura ani, if a woman uh, says, I was taken captive, and yet I was not sexually violated, ne'emenet, she is believed. That is to say, if we have no other basis, no other reason to believe that she was taken captive, if she goes ahead and admits that she was taken captive, but says she was not violated, we believe her. Both parts of that statement. Why? Because the same person, namely that woman herself, uh, implicated herself and therefore is able to release herself. However, but if there are witnesses, independent witnesses, who are prepared to testify that she was taken captive, then even though she may claim that she was not sexually violated, a non-eminent, the court is not going to rely on that representation to conclude that therefore she can go ahead and marry a Kohen, which uh, would not be possible if she had been sexually violated. So that's the Mishnah, at least that's the portion that I want to share with you. Um, and what I think is striking about the Mishnah and about the previous um, uh, instances of, of this principle 
is that it, it seems very clear-cut. That is to say, uh, if she says this, this is the consequence. Either she's believed or she's not believed. Um, what I'd like to study with you now is a, a very interesting story that suggests that sometimes it's helpful to probe and to determine why a woman might have said what she said. Uh, the story goes like this. To new Rabbanan, our rabbis have taught, Ha'isha she'amra, eshet ish ani, v'chazra ve'amra, pinuya ani, ne'emenet. If a woman should say, I'm married, and, and then she goes ahead and says, in fact, I am unmarried, she is believed. Now, now this seems bizarre that she testifies that she was married and then she goes ahead and testifies that she's not married and uh, nonetheless the court accepts uh, the second testimony. And so the response of the Talmud is, but, but she in fact, uh, with her original testimony, she uh, made herself to be forbidden. How can she on her own simply say that what she had previously said was not true? And so we get a qualification from Rava Bar Rav Huna. He says this only applies when she has given a plausible reason for her words, when she's explained why she originally said she was married and then retracted it and said that she was not married. In fact, we have another rabbinic source, a Breita, which pretty much says the same thing. It goes like this, Amra isha, im, Amra if a woman goes ahead and says, I'm married, but then she goes ahead and says, no, I'm not married. <clears throat> a priori, she's not believed. However, but if she gives a, um, a reason, if she gives a plausible reason for her words, then she is believed. And now comes the story I told you about. And so we have a story, once it happened, with a, a prominent woman, an Isha Gedola. And um, she was quite beautiful. She was Gedola Benoi. She was quite beautiful. And men were eager to betroth her. They were jumping all over themselves, literally, to betroth her. So, what did she say in response when they would propose to her? What would she say to them? She would say to them, I'm engaged. I'm engaged. Leave me alone. Liamim, eventually, however, as time went by, at a certain point, she went ahead and betrothed herself to a man. So the sages said to her, So they said to her, Why did you behave this way? Why did you say that you were engaged even when you were not engaged? And so she said to them, Earlier, When unworthy men were pursuing me, Amalti mikudeshetani. I am betrothed. But then when prominent uh, and, and worthwhile men came and uh, proposed themselves to me, ah, then I decided I was actually going to become engaged. 
So we have this very amusing story of a, of a and and frankly, it, the the text goes on to say that uh, Rav Acha uh, brought this before the sages in Usha, and they said, you know, based on this anecdote, if a woman gives a plausible reason for her words, she is believed. I like this story because, frankly, it is plausible. It makes a lot of sense that under certain circumstances, a woman would want to say, uh, leave me alone, I'm engaged, don't bother me. And only then would eventually, in fact, get engaged. Um, one thing that disappoints me about this story is that this woman, this supposedly prominent woman, is not named. Uh, that's a phenomenon that occurs, frankly, with frequency in the Bible and uh, elsewhere in ancient literature. Uh, but not, notwithstanding, I think it's nice that finally in this chapter, we come to a prominent, apparently gutsy, and strong-willed woman uh, as a result of whose experience the law was changed. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.